0: ESPN's Mike Rothstein tells us which Falcons players helped their chances of sticking on the roster with their performances on Friday night in Miami. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to an illustrious Locked on Falcons podcast or daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked on Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And if you don't know me, I am, of course, your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at Falcfans.com RIP. You may also know me as Sirius Black. You may also know me as Mr. Drew. My friends call me Negative Nancy, but you can call me Mr. Drew, but you can become one of my friends by making this illustrious podcast your first listen each and every day, you know, become an everydayer by subscribing and following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So today's episode will be joined by ESPN's Mike Rothstein to break down his thoughts on the Falcons preseason matchup. Last Friday against the Miami Dolphins, who sort of helped themselves make the roster. And as a heads up, Mike and I recorded this Sunday morning before Falcons practice. And at that point in time, we didn't know that Michael Walker had been waived by the team. And I'll come back at the end of today's episode and give my thoughts on that move as well as the signing of linebacker Frank Ginda. But without further ado, let's jump into that conversation with Michael, Michael Rothstein of ESPN right now. All right, everyone, we are back with another illustrious guest. He is none other than Mike Rothstein of ESPN. Mike is here to tell us about his thoughts on the Falcons' first preseason action against the Miami Dolphins, some of the things that we learned. Mike, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, it's thank you. I, I feel like it's been so long. I was saying before the show, you have, you have an entire new studio and a new backdrop from the last time I was here
0: well i just moved my chair slightly like this, so. but <laughs> hey
1: that, but that's all it takes like that's what they say and like you know if you've lived in a place long enough you have to mix things up and move things around slightly and it gives it a new aesthetic so i i applaud your ability to find a new aesthetic
0: i appreciate that so uh mike you know people are tired of hearing my constant opinion on this podcast on what is the value of preseason games uh let's get your opinion on that you know what did we learn about the falcons on friday night um well <laughs> i mean it really starts there right no
1: the, like the honest answer is this they played what three potential starters uh, i mean d alford played a little bit in the slot but really was getting more punt return reps and they played a little bit outside uh and, and i some of that was because i think mike hughes you know it seemed like he had gotten a little bit hurt didn't seem like it was anything serious based off what Arthur Smith said but you know the second anyone got even a little bit of something in a preseason game you're going to pull them they did the same thing it sounds like with Frank Darby we'll find out more today uh, about both of those guys um so you know from a Like a personnel standpoint, we didn't learn anything about the starters. We're not going to learn anything about the offense more or less because it's so vanilla, not game planned or scheme. But defensively, we actually learned a couple things, even with the backups in. And that is just the aggressive nature of which they're going to play. Because again, remember, this is base. This is quote unquote vanilla, right? They ran a ton. I mean, they were, I counted what, I think three or four safety or corner blitzes mm-hmm. you know I, I got home on a couple of them too if my if my memory serves is either Breon borders or natron brooks that got home on one uh chapman get, got home on another i think like so you're, you're seeing that and you're seeing that in the preseason after they played two after they went two days against them with joint practices that should tell you the fact that they're going to want to be aggressive defensively this year and that they're going to blitz a lot more and send a lot more pressure than what we, I think, saw under DMPs. But that should not be a surprise to anybody because if you've been listening to Ryan Nielsen, you've been listening to Arthur Smith, that's kind of what they've been saying without saying it uh, for honestly a few months now. So I I took that from it. Uh, I thought the depth looks pretty good. There are a couple guys who really stood out to me, Aaron, and they're guys who, in some cases, I I still think are probably roster long shots, but you're going to pay a little bit closer attention to them, or I will the next two weeks. And then there are a couple of other guys that, to me, have been roster bubble guys that might slowly be inching their way toward having a, a defined roster spot, potentially at the expense of a couple of other people. And uh, I think there are a couple people who, right now, people think are roster locks that might not be based off of what we saw and when they played uh, the other night.
0: Well, let's let's get into some of those players. I know in your post game notes. Uh, that you mentioned sort of three stars of the game cornerback D. Alford, cornerback Breon Borders, safety DeMarco Helms. You also had some honorable mentions for defensive tackle Albert Huggins, running back Godwin Iguabuque, and quarterback Logan Woodside. Uh, are those some of the players that you're referring to that yeah, are sort of Very much so. Other um, players.
1: Yeah, I mean, very much so, th- some of those guys. And remember, Breon Borders is going to be su- suspended the first two games of the year. So it is entirely possible that. They that that ends up just being kind of a a, a kick the can down the road type of conversation. But he was a roster long shot coming into this, right? Like, he they knew he was going to be suspended for those first few games when they signed him. So that was kind of a see what he has, give it a shot. He's played well. I mean, I I was not in Miami for the game or for joint practices, so I watched it on television like like y'all did, but. He's made plays in the training camp practices that I saw to where I kept noting him down. If you read my daily notes from practice, you know you've know you will notice I've mentioned Breon Borders a few times now. Same thing with Albert Huggins. Albert Huggins is a guy to me that I'm not sure where he fits in, but I, they they might need to try and find a spot for him because. He just keeps making plays. He's being aggressive. And don't forget this. He's a Ryan Nielsen guy. He came over from New Orleans. He didn't play last year because he was on injured reserve, but he played for him in 2021 and had a reasonable year for a depth defensive lineman. So Halbert Huggins is a guy to me that I think three weeks ago, no one was probably talking about in terms of a roster spot where now if, you should at least be having a consideration of that when you're talking about their depth. Uh, The Logan Woodside thing, listen, I I heard it on Twitter all night and I felt like I was – I felt like I was just – I could have just cut and paste with my response because why aren't they playing Desmond Ritter? Well, they're not playing Desmond Ritter because Desmond Ritter got good work the last two days and they're only going to put Desmond Ritter out there with the starters. Why didn't they play Taylor Heineke? Well, they know what they have in Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke is a veteran. The difference is the rules this year – Say you can have a third quarterback kind of as that. Remember the old school emergency quarterback? You can have that. But the only way you can have the third quarterback is if he is on your 53. So you have to decide whether or not you want to keep three quarterbacks. And you need to get a good gauge of what you have or don't have in Logan Woodside. Now, Arthur Smith knows a lot about Logan Woodside. But you want to get a lot of work for him. I I think P1, which we saw, and it would not shock me if most of P3 goes to Logan Woodside. You know, maybe P3 gets split between Taylor Heineke and Logan Woodside. I would be I would be surprised if we see Desmond Ritter any more, unless it goes terribly uh, on Friday against Cincinnati. I, I would be surprised if we see him any more than P2, frankly. Nor should we. The, it is, you, Desmond Ritter gets hurt, you're in, you're in trouble, right? Same with a lot of other guys. So I thought Logan Woodside played well. I don't know if the that answer comes yet. That answer might come honestly – because of other roster spots and injuries there, Aaron. So those guys, D Alford, I think everybody's in agreement. He's got a roster spot. The question is whether or not he's their punt returner too. And, and you you got to wonder now if that's the case. And frankly, if you're the Falcons, you want D Alford to win that job. Because if D Alford wins that job, you that opens up roster construction for you with that 53rd spot. So like an Albert Huggins, D. Alfred wins that. Like this is how you have to think, right? D. Alford wins that job as a punt returner, and let's just say, for argument's sake, Mike Hughes is kind of the guy you feel comfortable as a number two punt returner there in an emergency situation. Obviously, they could put Bijan back there in an emergency situation and say D. Alfred got hurt. Uh, well, okay. Well, what does that mean? Now you don't have to worry about carrying a guy who's solely a punt returner, mm-hmm. especially since Cordero is your kick returner then that opens things up. Well, what do you want to do? you want to keep an extra defensive lineman, keep an extra offensive lineman, keep a different receiver whose skills are not necessarily as a returner? Godwin, who you mentioned, that's a really interesting question if they want to keep an extra running back. And also it goes to, he has kick return skills. So if you want to make sure you have a backup for Cordero and listen, Cordero a fun player when he's healthy, but we've seen the last two years, you can't necessarily count on him for 17 games, And his backup is out for the year in Avery Williams. So you need to figure out who your backup kick returner is. And that might be Godwin. That might be Godwin. And Godwin's got some speed, man. I'll tell you. You saw it in the game, but you see it in practices too. So those were some of the guys that, like I said, I think are really, you're having conversations about now, where some of them I don't think you were having conversations about necessarily all that long ago. Uh, and, And as far as Helms goes, that's an interesting conversation because a lot of people think, and you know, this draft pick equals r- roster spot. That is not true. <laughs> like some places it is, but when you're talking about a seventh round pick, that's not true at all because the investment is minimal other than a draft pick. Right. And anything fifth, sixth or seventh round, th- those are dart throws y'all like that. That's what it always is. But D- DeMarco Helms has proven himself. Uh, I think he's played really well to me. He's in a fourth safety competition with Micah Abernathy. And then also he's in a special teams competition with a whole boatload of guys for probably one or two spots there. So if he can play well enough on defense and then show some special teams work and some special teams value, and he got first team special teams work in this game. Now, not full first team because some of those first teamers that we know, like a Kodaro Hodge, didn't play. That could really help him get to a roster
0: spot okay so guys there's still more to come on today's episode with mike Rossine, including on why scotty miller may not be as big a lock for the roster as we thought it is august and that means it is fantasy draft season and underdog fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football this year because it is the best place to play best ball now if you're an experienced fantasy player you know the feeling of frustration when a guy on your bench goes off or a starter, you know, fizzles that week. And you don't have to worry about that with best ball because underdog is going to set your lineup for you. And if you're new to fantasy, I think best ball is probably the best way to get your feet wet playing fantasy football because it's just one draft. No waivers, no trades. Just set it and forget it. And the best way to enter. Uh, is with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time. It's back with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. So, you know, dip your toes into fantasy by visiting UnderdogFantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with the promo code locked on when you do, and you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. So you mentioned, you know, we just discussed some of the guys that are sort of working their way to a roster spot, but you kind of mentioned in passing that there may be some guys that aren't sort of the locks that people thought they were. Or, you know, sounds like you're, you're saying there, there could be a couple of guys that could be surprise cuts. Who are those
1: Potentially, players? yeah.
0: Um, hmm. I, you know,
1: I, I've said this for a while, and I could be wrong. I, I could be dead wrong on it. I mean, Scotty Miller to me is a guy that would not shock me. If we found out that uh, on roster cut down day, that that he didn't make the 53, because if you look at it, like in in all seriousness, look at who played and who didn't the other, the other night. Who's one of the few veterans that people think are roster locks that played Scotty on offense, Scotty Miller. Like, you know, so to me, a guy like Frank Darby, for instance, if Frank Darby outplays Scotty Miller, we got to remember, like, you might say, okay, Scotty Miller's their slot. He's their slot. No, he's not. B. Sean Robinson's their slot receiver. Drake London can play in the slot. Kyle Pitts can play in the slot. They like what Kaderil Hodge does on special teams. And you've heard Arthur Smith say they have bigger expectations and bigger hopes for Kaderil Hodge. So it becomes a numbers game. I'm just saying. I'm not saying – I'm saying I think Scotty Miller might be a little bit more roster bubbly than – what people think because look at the receiver numbers right now, Drake London on the team, Mac Hollins on the team. You can argue Kedaro Hodge. I don't know if he got you know hurt at all during the week because I wasn't in Miami. But if you play in P one, you're probably on the team if you're a vet and somebody who they like and you know has been on that first field the whole time. So those three guys I think are are pretty set. Right. Mm-hmm. That leaves two spots. Is it possible to end up in one of the spots? Absolutely, because he offers a speed dynamic. Is it possible that those guys are special teamers too, so you need to maybe look somewhere else? Yeah, absolutely. I'm just saying it doesn't seem to me like that's a 100% guarantee. To, if I had to do a roster construction today, he would be on there, but it's more of a thought process than a no-brainer to me. Um, there are a couple of other guys that I'm curious. Like I saw who played and who didn't. Now, I think Parker Hesse played a lot in part because he's still a younger guy he's still learning the position and he's more their blocking guy right mm-hmm. so that to me told me something as well because obviously pitts didn't play who didn't play i don't think i saw michael pruitt in the game i'd have to go back and I
0: mean, look i didn't notice him
1: yeah i mean so the uh and i imagine they'll keep four tight ends just because of how they're built uh and pitts and who can play multiple positions for sure. I mean, even Pruitt can to an extent because he can become a a fullback. So that's something that's interesting to me. I'll be curious to see what they do at the fullback position because they have multiple guys that can kind of rotate into an H-back situation like a Johnny, like a Michael Pruitt, like a Parker Hesse. Uh, You know, but Keith Smith gives them a lot of special teams too. So uh, those are, I'm just saying like, those are some guys that you, you sit there and say, oh, he's definitely on team. I'm not, I'm not there yet. Uh, with some of those guys. Defensively, you know, I, I think the top end guys, we know. I don't think there'll be any shocks there. Like to me, an Ade ogundeji uh, if you think he's a roster lock, you probably haven't been paying attention. You know, he, he's had to have a really good camp. Uh, I thought it was quite interesting that Arnold abakete played a lot. Now, they're not going to, I can't see them moving on from him, but it was striking to me that he played a lot. Now, some of that might have been a numbers game because they, They are kind of thin at edge and they're thin, frankly, at middle linebacker as a whole. I think they're kind of thin at right, Aaron. Like, I mean, inside linebacker for sure. So I think that's why we saw a a lot of Michael Walker, for instance, um, but those two spots, they're a little thin and they probably want to get some of those guys some work in the defense. But again, that's what I was looking at in a game when we know that a lot of starters didn't play, their projected starters didn't play. Who played a lot stood out to me that they need to get a longer look at them.
0: Okay. So guys, we will continue wrapping up today's episode with Mike Rothstein talking about sort of who and what he is looking forward to in the Falcons' upcoming second preseason matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets back every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets Back after every victory, you can use those bonus bets on spreads, player props such as Bijan Robinson, Offensive Rookie of the Year, over unders, and so much more. If you want to bet on the Falcons, their current Super Bowl odds are plus 5,500, which means if you bet, say, $200 on the Falcons to win the Super Bowl, you will win $11,000. But not only that, you're also going to get bonus bets for every time the Falcons win this year. So enter by visiting slash locked on and start earning your bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. My last question for you, Mike, is what are you looking forward to this week against the Bengals? Is this, you know, I think most fans are, let's see what these starters can do. Are are you of a similar mind, or is there something else that you have your eyes on? Um, I mean, listen, the, the, the
1: key for preseason, Aaron, the most important thing that happens on Friday night against Cincinnati is this. They come out of the game healthy. The coaches will tell you that. The players will tell you if, if you if you kind of you know gave them truth serum or whatever. Mm-hmm. They will tell you the most important thing is that they get uh, healthy because. And then every team that I, I mean, I say it, and I, I think I've said it last year on your podcast. I think I said it the year before on your podcast. The most important thing of preseason is that you get to week one with your twenty-two. Your starting twenty-two, still your starting twenty-two. Um, and, and that's, I mean, and already we've got questions with the Falcons with Jeff Okuda and when he'll be back, uh, but they have Trey Flowers and Trey Flowers, I think has, has held up okay so far in that, in that spot. But you know, they're one injury away now at corner from there. There are some major questions then. So uh, yeah, uh, first is health. Second is uh, I'm curious to see how Desmond Ritter handles things as the full-time starter with the number ones. Uh, I'll be curious to see how much, if at all, Kyle Pitts plays. Although the way Arthur Smith has talked, it sounds like they will get him They will get him some preseason work at some point. So I imagine that will be Friday. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the first teamers look like. I'm more curious than anything else to see what the rotations are beyond it. Because, again, we know who the starters are. We know what they're going to be. They're not going to be running all this exotic stuff They're not going to run 90% of the stuff they're going to try to run in games because they don't want to tip off opponents, especially with what they're trying to do offensively this year. So I'm curious to see who's getting in maybe with the ones in that first unit. Like, do we see Clark Phillips push his way a little more, right? Do we see... What what is that left tackle situation or not left tackle? We know who the left tackle is, left guard. It's early Sunday morning, man. What does that left guard situation look like if Matt Hennessy is back? Like has Matthew Bergeron done enough in the last week and a half to to push that? Or does Matt Hennessy come back and, and get that shot again? Again, good problem to have if Bergeron has overtaken Hennessy because I know I'm in the minority here, but Matt Hennessy can play a bit. You know, he, he really yeah, – people forget that he was practicing and training as a center all the way up until they made him the left, a left guard in the middle of last year. So I, that's a good problem to have if you're them. Uh, what is a punt returner – you know, does the offer now kind of solidify that as a punt returner and do some guys that maybe we're not expecting, as I said, get some work with the first unit and, and rotate him with the first unit? Like does a – job like – Who's that fourth and fifth receiver? Going to that Scotty Miller question, right? Who's that fourth and fifth receiver and sixth receiver that's getting work with the starters on Friday? Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, is there somebody we're not that we don't expect to see that's getting work in there with that group? Because that means they want to get a good look at him in terms of how he would fit in with their unit that they would be using on game days when it matters.
0: Okay. Well, Mike, I think you did an excellent job uh, giving us some food for thought uh all week long that I, i'm sure i will be exploring on this podcast but,
1: oh man so so all right. so is this how it works i i say things and then instead of us getting into a conversation then you just tear me apart where i can't i can't defend myself no no no
0: <laughs> I, I come on this podcast and i say Mike Rothstein said this, and it's Mike Rothstein's opinion rather than my opinion. So you can't come at me for that opinion. You just.
1: Well, but know. it's it's conversation, man. It's good. I, I do a lot of radio for ESPN. I'm a, I'm a fill-in host on ESPN radio. You can hear me actually most of this coming week on ESPN radio, ESPN radio in varying time slots, including with Harry Douglas. I think I'm on with Harry 12 to 3 on Thursday and Friday. But uh yeah, I mean I, I I it's good conversation, man. I I like varying opinions because that's the thing is that too often with fan bases, too often whatever, people get groupthink mm-hmm. and it becomes this hive mind. And that's just not the reality of stuff. Uh and I think it that's where it gets fan bases kind of in in situations. Like I mean, not to go down this ro- road, but Jalen Mayfield, right? Okay. I think Jalen Mayfield's gonna make this team. Mm-hmm. As as a tackle. Now, there will be a segment, you you and I know, of this fan base that will lose their minds if Jalen Mayfield's on the 53 man Mm -hmm. roster. Well, it's like, yeah, but Jalen Mayfield's playing his natural position now. He's looked okay, and he's not a starter. So take a deep breath and relax. Like, same thing that you, you didn't see the starters play. Like I've been practicing Zen a lot. I've been trying to be more Zen, meditate more this year. I I recommend that for others. Zen. It's just the preseason. Don't freak out. Don't flip out. Like if you only see the starters for a quarter and a half, don't be like, "Why didn't they play the whole game?" Like people were like, "It's good enough for Patrick Mahomes, sure." But Patrick Mahomes, like Patrick Mahomes, played one or two series. I don't believe they had joint practices. Like that's the other part of it too. Be some like, well, they had joint practices against the Jets, and then the starters played. Yeah, well, that was also the second preseason game, not the first. So anyway, sorry, rant over. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying, it's just preseason, y'all. Like, like there, there's going to be things to be annoyed about. I, I'm sure. As to both Friday night and points during the season, but just remember, it's preseason. Take everything you see with the tiniest grain of salt. Teams that have been four and zero in the preseason, like the Detroit Lions in two thousand eight, then did not win a game the entire regular season. Teams that go winless in the preseason have also had success in the regular season. So, whew. did you did you cover that 08 Lions team? No, I did not. Okay. I, uh, I i i. I avoided – I've been a purveyor of a lot of bad football, Aaron. I really have. I covered Notre Dame in the Charlie Weiss era. I covered two years of Rich Rodriguez and two years of Brady Hoke at Michigan, and then I covered the Lions for eight years. And I, I mean, I we were talking about this the other day. I have never covered – now, I've covered the NFL. This will be a season 11, I think, uh, and, and then I covered eight years of college football. I have never covered a home playoff game. I've never covered a playoff win. I've never covered in the NFL a divisional champion. Uh, I have not covered a team that has had a winning record since the 2017 season. <laughs> so, it's your, fault. It's your fault. what? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's, I, I've covered some of the worst stretches of football for two of the most storied programs in college football. Um, there are times I just sit there and I'm like, you know what, maybe I am the uh, dark cloud of of sadness or the wet blanket of reason. But, uh, you know, we'll see what happens this year um, with the Atlanta Falcons. I, I'm of the belief they're going to be pretty good, mm-hmm. but uh, we shall see.
0: Okay. Well, if uh, the people want to come – for you with their pitch forks and the torches where where can they find this stuff? <laughs> uh
1: you can find me at mike rothstein on what i now call twix because i twitter twitter and x they can't figure it out so we're just going to call it twix i'm trying to make it a thing aaron i'm trying to make it a thing wherever i talk uh so i'm at mike rothstein on twix i'm at mike Rothstein on threads i'm at mike Rothstein on instagram Uh, I have a TikTok account I don't use that is also Mike Rothstein. I just follow Kadera Hodge and watch his funny videos on TikTok. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. And obviously read all my stuff at ESPN.com and you can occasionally hear me on ESPN Radio Sirius XM channel 80.
0: So guys, I want to thank Mike Rothstein for joining us on today's episode. And let's talk about the most recent roster move for the Atlanta Falcons. They signed USFL Defensive Player of the Year Frank Ginda at linebacker on Sunday, and waived linebacker Michael Walker to make room for him. That was a bit of a surprise to me. I know to many other people, all offseason long, they've been speculating that Michael Walker uh, was, you know, potentially on the roster bubble. I never really bought into that. You know, while he was an underwhelming starter, you know, that felt to me like that still is probably a guy that's an ideal backup. You have about 3000 ish career snaps among your entire linebacker core uh, as it currently stands. And Michael Walker accounted for about 40% of those snaps. And so that's a lot of experience walking out the door uh, given the amount of unproven guys up to this point. And the other factor I thought made Michael Walker relatively safe was his versatility, being able to play multiple linebacker positions. Uh, We saw that on Friday night, against the dolphins where he played both sam linebacker and weak side linebacker uh in that game and it wouldn't have shocked me to see like nate Landman leapfrog him on the depth chart but you know i didn't see enough from like andre smith and tay davis and mike jones jr to in that dolphins preseason game to make me think that you know uh walker was you know on the bubble and those guys were going to bring a lot more to the table but you know, potentially, maybe that's where Frank Ginda comes into the conversation. As I said, the reigning USFL defensive player of the year. He's kind of bounced around the NFL as well as some of those lower leagues the last five years since being an undrafted free agent out of San Jose State back in 2018. He played in the AAF in 2019, the XFL in 2020. The last two years has been in the USFL. The last time he was in an NFL camp until today was with the New Orleans Saints back in 2019. And so when it comes to Michael Walker, I'll own that mistake i'll eat that plate of crows. probably like what the fourth time i've been wrong in my lifetime so we'll, we'll see if the falcons you know are looking for more veteran help at that linebacker position you know in a couple of weeks when you know they're scouring the waiver wire where four final cuts about two weeks from now but i would imagine if they were valuing experience they probably wouldn't have let michael walker go out the door but them releasing him today does give him a better opportunity to catch on with another nfl team before those final cuts and i would imagine that you know if the Falcons will just kind of roll with the youth that they have uh, and trust in, in linebacker coach Frank Bush's ability to sort of develop those guys or get those guys ready to play if the needs should arise later this season. So we'll see what's in store at that position, guys. Tomorrow's episode we will be joined by Adnan Ikic of the Falcoholic to talk more about this uh, most recent preseason matchup and his thoughts on, you know, I guess the state of the Falcons roster and maybe get more into the Michael Walker decision. As well as other topics. So, continue to make us your first listen. For your second listen today, why not check out the Locked On NFL podcast where you can get the lowdown on all the first game action for all 31 other NFL teams in addition to the Atlanta Falcons. And of course, you can find Locked On NFL on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.